You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. Hi, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. Ooh, a little I'm trying to switch moment. it up. Yeah, a little yodel moment. A little moment. A little yodel moment. I like it. I like it a lot. You like it a lot. You like it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Yes. What's up? Okay, so you are walking towards maybe your favorite tita's or tita's house, and they're having a huge party. Mm. Huge. Mm. And when you open the door, or when they open the door after you give them their hugs and the manos and all that, you see that... Mm -hmm. The tables, tables are stacked, mm-hmm. stacked with all the Filipino foods that you find at a Filipino party. Yeah. What is the first thing you go for? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have multiple responses. Okay. But the first thing, shit, dude. Okay. I'm. I think I'm going to, Okay. I'm going to say biko, which is a Filipino sticky rice. And I say this instead of like the typical like entree meal, because my thing is, if you start with dessert, you will always have room for dessert. Hell yeah. (laughs) That shit is so good. It's simple. It's so good. And it's very like, it hits the sweet tooth just right. Yes. Yes. Um, And if it's not sweet enough, you can always add like more sweetness to it and Hell it's so yeah. good like it, the it's... textures mm. damn mm. damn i love biko you know in ilocano and any ilocanos out there um who are listening we called it and from what i knew it was called uh-huh. babinka but d- of course a different babinka because there's the yellow babinka that's let me look it up yeah I I mean I I think I used to also call it bibinka, but it's then like, like I definitely have like gone to a Filipino bakery or a store, and like they have all of the various like dessert pastries that are similar, mm-hmm. but and I've looked at the labels and biko is the one that I prefer, mm-hmm. even though like at some point I called them all bibinka, but it's different. Biko is the one that with the brown sugar. Yeah, it's like caramelized. It's like very yes. sticky. It's a sticky rice cake. Yeah, we called that babinka. And so when people like gave me babinka, like the yellow kind, I was like, uh-huh. what are you talking about? That's not babinka. <laughs> Maybe babinka is just like a generic like name for various types of cakes or like yeah. rice cakey things. Yeah. Like how cake in the US can refer to so many things. Yes. Like birthday cake is different from chocolate cake. It's different yes. from ice cream cake. Maybe Babinka is like the generic thing. Yes. I don't know. And so I've also, when I was looking up 
what is happening here between Babinka and Biko. I saw that they call it Babinkang Malagit. Malagit. Ah, I'm seeing that on the Google also, and that shit's fire. Like, that's the one. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, all day. I'm with you. I'm with okay. Cool, you. cool. That shit is so good. That is also my favorite Filipino dessert. I yeah. Give me the whole tray. Like yes, even more than ube. And I'm not like yeah. saying that ube is like the most spectacular thing, but I think like as far as like in the U.S. the the whole thing about like ube integrating ube flavors like. I do like the the Filipino American fusion moment happening with like uba flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely appreciate that. But if I'm at a party, I'm gonna get the biko. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah. Oh my god, yeah. it's like biko or fucking doron. Yes! Oh my god. Yes! Okay, you know what? I don't. <laughs> do I need to change my answer? No. No, I'm sticking with biko because, it's- like, I feel like at every Filipino party there should be doron. But I yeah. don't know that there will be Biko. Yes. And when so there if is, there's it's like, Biko, yeah. I'm going to go for the Biko. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. When you asked this question earlier, mm-hmm. when we were like planning for this episode, which was yeah. like a whole two ass minutes before we started recording, <laughs> you were you were like, I'm going to ask this question. My initial response was going to be afritada. Ooh. Or, but then I was like, is it caldereta? Because they're very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I want to go with afritada mm-hmm. because there's olives in mm-hmm. caldereta. And I'm not yes. like, a huge, huge fan. I would still get it. I would probably just leave the olives on the plate. Yeah. But again, going back to my response. Sorry, I'm like <laughs> taking up so much time responding. No, I no, feel no. like um, uh, the honest answer would be like, I'm going to start with the dessert. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love that. Love that. Love that for you. And also never apologize for taking up too much space. Oh, okay. No, never. Stop that. Stop that shit. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for affirming my place to be. Yes. (laughs) Allowing me to exist. I appreciate it. So what is your response? Like, what would the thing be that you go for, if not Biko? I will push you out of the way if we are there together. <laughs> can we and just like hang out and go get Biko somewhere? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Like it can it can literally just be Goldilocks Biko. Yeah. So and not that Goldilocks is bad. I just feel like they would probably produce a shit ton. I want like a thick ass layer of that the dark brown sugar on top. I yeah, want like it to be like the burnt ass sugar like the yes. caramelized thing. Yes. So good. Yeah. I want a thick ass layer. I made it a few times. <gasps> yeah, I put it. Did it turn out good? Yeah. Yes. Oh my <laughs> I'm god. Sorry I'm to like ask. more sugar. Did it turned out good. That was a bitchy thing for <laughs> no, me. No, no, it's fine. No, that's a that's an. <laughs> because no, these things, fine. I imagine these things are so hard to make. No, no, that's a that's a that's a fine question because I tried making brownies. Like the first time I made brownies from scratch, it literally deflated. Because uh, I think I put, I forget which one I put, either baking, I put too much baking powder or baking soda when it should have been the other way around, or and then it just like went, <laughs> it's uh, like, nope. <laughs> you know what though, like, 
box mix brownies are also fucking like so good. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are. I'm here Duncan for Duncan Hines be doing it right. Duncan Hines. Um, but I push you out of the way. Uh-huh. I push you out of the way and try to wiggle my way because I'm sure there's a lot of people. Maybe not if we're on Filipino time. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, give me all the lechon crispy ass skin. <laughs> oh, yes. I want the skin. I want the, the skin. skin. The skin. I want the skin and I want the fat. <laughs> you know what's so good? It's like yeah. always, regardless of the dish, is just getting the first scoop or the first slice. Yes. Uh. Yes. I I remember just as a kid walking into the party and, you know, one of the uncles just going <laughs> into the skin. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like they take the big ass butcher knife and they're just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, the crack, the crack. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I used to not, I used to want to be able to cut my own slice, like mm-hmm. directly from the the lechon, yeah. uh, the roast pig. But like, I do like it when, when folks, like they just cut it up. Like, I like the presentation of it, but also like in serving myself, I would like to have people like chop it up into little pieces and yeah. then give it to me. I think part of it is like, I'm expecting the... I'm expecting this party to have like plastic forks and spoons. Yeah. And like clearly. I'm not about flimsy ass spoons to try and like <laughs> take this little piece of pork apart. Like just cut it up for me. It's cool. It's fine. And we we have all been there. Am I right? At the Filipino party. It's like you don't know where the serving spoon or fork went and you're trying to like figure this out with your plastic fork or spoon. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, man. I'm not, I really dislike plastic forks and spoons, like in general. And it's not even necessarily like an environmental thing. It's just I feel like there's no point. They're not sturdy enough. Like even when I go to like a Chinese restaurant and they give me like a plastic fork, I'm just like, no, keep it. Because I will take this home and eat with a sturdy ass metal fork and it will be so much better of an experience. <laughs> like it will pick things up. Dang. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, anyway. So um, go try Biko if you haven't. And um, watch out if we're at a family party together or a Filipino party together because I will move you out of the way to get that crispy ass skin. Yeah. If it's fresh. Ooh. Move. I know there's a a lot. Sorry. Go, 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 go. No, I was just going to say, like, if we have, when we have our season three premiere party – like, can we just have a dessert, like, station with Biko and all of the good stuff? Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. I'm, like, already yes. thinking. It's probably, it's, like, months away. But, like, oh I'm God. already thinking about Hell yeah. what we want. Hell yeah. We didn't get to have a, a premiere party for season two because of the COVID. Yes. Yes. So, hopefully by season three, um, things will get better. There will be procedures in place where we can have a good time in, in person. Heck yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about food today because <laughs> yes. our guest um, is an incredible chef, um, an incredible person all around. And I actually want to ask Crystal to introduce this person, knowing that you all have a, a deep, friendly connection. Oh, yes. So today on Me Search, we have. 
I'm going to say this, I'm probably going to say this again in the interview when you listen to it in just a few moments, but he is a culinary extraordinaire. He is a musician extraordinaire. He is a friend extraordinaire, but we're going to focus today on his culinary chops. We're going to be talking to Chef Matt Clores. We're going to learn about his journey into the culinary world. Let's Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. We are here on MeSearch today with Chef Matt Clores. Welcome, Matt, to MeSearch. Happy to have you to be here. Hey. (laughs) Dude. Dude. Y'all. Y'all don't know, but me and Matt, we have been through so much together. He is my brother. I am so excited that he is on the show to talk to us today. He is a uh, culinary extraordinaire and musician extraordinaire and brother extraordinaire. And yeah, I'm just so honored that you're here to talk to us, man. Oh, I'm yeah, honestly honored that you you, you gave me the call and you're like, hey, you want to be on my <laughs> podcast? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, glad, I'm happy to be <laughs> here. Yeah. Thank you. Heck yeah. So before before we um, start asking some questions related to your profession, um, one thing that I like to do, especially when we have a guest on here who has like a, a history with Crystal, is ask you um, or ask them uh, about their fondest memories of Crystal and or embarrassing moments. Do you have any fun stories, Matt? That is shareable. <laughs> so the answer to the question is yes Um, all right but anything to share remember sandbar oh yeah just that whole (laughs) what is sandbar sandbar okay so sandbar um was this i don't know who who was your or who uh, you don't have to name names but uh, you had a contact there and they yeah, asked yeah, us yeah. to do a re- residency for for a few weeks, right? And yeah, more, than, more than I think, like a few months. So then it um, what did we do? It it started just you and me playing on that stage over there, yeah. and um, in front of almost nobody. But we were like, yeah, you know what? Let's 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 add some pieces to this. So we had. Um, band members come in, drummers, guitar players, yeah. bass players, and then a bunch of other singers. I remember coming through and we turned that place around. That was fun. And it was for, yeah, it, was. it was for the city. You know what I mean? Long, Long Beach? Yeah. Long Beach, stand up. Long so, Beach? um, I, <laughs> yeah. I have a fond memory of Matt. <laughs> Tell me. We did a show together with Crystal, obviously <laughs> Crystal. Um, God, it was like 2012. We had recorded a song. Um, I think it was a Demi Lovato song. And then Crystal was like, Oh, let's, let's perform this at a gig. And I was like, Cool. Uh, who's doing the, the piano? He was like, or Crystal was like, Oh, yeah, this, this guy named Matt, um, can play the piano for us. And I was like, hella stressed out because I'm very much a preparation person. And then Matt was like, very chill. Um, and he didn't like practice the music. He just listened to it like right before the actual gig, like literally minutes, I think. And you're like, I got it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're like a stellar you. musician. 
Matt. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Okay. Speaking of gigs, I remember F-Pack. I think it was the last F-Pack that we did. And you, sir, I don't know what you were doing, but you fucking killed it on the keys. I remember it was your solo, and I looked back because I was like, oh, my God, this guy's on fire right now. (laughs) Matt is on fucking fire right now. (laughs) And then I was just like, that's my friend. (laughs) Like, you were I don't know what you were doing. And I think you were totally feeling it because you also did this, like, little jump while you were playing. And I'm like, damn. Oh, I do remember. Fire. I, I, I jumped off of my amp. I also do. Rem- I also do remember um, drinking a few beers before that performance too. So I was. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it, dude. As I was feeling it sometimes. No lie, yeah, dude. That was amazing. And other than that, like, dude, uh, me and Matt worked on my album together. That was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. Thanks for having me. Just on kicking it. Yeah. Huh? Thanks for having me on that. I, that was fun. Oh, I still dude. listen to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. an honor. Yeah. An honor. I, uh, yeah, and just like so many things, just going out to eat with you and grabbing some drinks. Just so many, so many, so many moments. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I'm yeah, not the only musician in, in this, in this Zoom speak right now. I'm just, just. <laughs> little humble humble two over here can they can throw it down i'm just saying hey we can all throw it down you <laughs> but y'all like you've heard you've heard me and dustin like sing here and there but y'all you need to check out matt when he's playing the keys when he's fucking playing guitar when he's singing this guy can do it all <laughs> yeah literally so stellar musician, stellar uh, chef. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about the chef yeah. stuff, yeah. the food stuff. What I do for yeah. a living. So huh? tell us, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us how you got into the culinary world. Um, as a kid, loved it, loved loved cooking. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, um, was an awesome cook. My my grandma was Aww. too on my mom's side. Um. They, uh, my grandpa would, would deliver lechon, butcher, cook, and deliver lechon in like Southland, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that it stems from there. So, cause I was really set in high school, I was really set on going to culinary school, you know, I, um, wow. Kind of didn't want to, it, it kind of made me a bad student, to be honest with you. You know, just because I, I had already made up my mind to go to culinary school probably junior junior year. So that whole senior year, it was wow. just kind of like, I don't really have to pass this class. But uh, that's that's a really bad example. I really recommend that kids do well in school. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I had, um, yeah, I really had my, my, my mindset ongoing going to culinary school which i did right after in 2006 um and then from there just just a plume of 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 different opportunities uh being able to work in hawaii being able to work in um um you know around the la area 
OC area, uh, did the James Beard house a few years ago in the, in New York and, you know, did stodges all over the, uh, the United States. So, I mean, uh, I've been blessed, you know, to be in this, to be in this industry and, you know, not, it sure doesn't come out, come, come without its, uh, short shortcomings and its unfortunate mishaps, but, um, I'm here and then, you know, I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I feel blessed. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Well, we love food and we love your food. Mm. Um, I remember that gastropub you were working at in Long Beach too. Yes. I think that was the first time I tried your cooking. Yes. And I was like, dude, this fool can cook. I think I was, I, I mean, I was a 21 year old executive chef during that, that time. And you fancy. Well, it made me realize how not ready I was to run a restaurant because all I can focus on was making sure that our Wednesday night jam session at the restaurant was was happening and on point. You know what I mean? So <laughs> my focus really wasn't there, you know, growing into it. But um, it, oh, I missed that gig. That that whole thing was fun. Even cooking there, it was Aww. fun. Yeah. Can, can we sure. pause for a sec? Yeah. So you were an executive chef and you were doing like musician gigs, like you were playing uh, gigs? Yeah, at the at the restaurant. At the same yeah. time? How how did you manage that? I was young and dumb. <laughs> I tell you that tell you that much. <laughs> I should have focused a little bit more on my job. Um you know, instead of having trying to have fun all the time. I mean, yeah, having fun is is important and I still still live by that in my restaurants or or my kitchens or wherever I'm working now. I mean, but then, you know, being just turned 21 and I have free range of a, a of a tap. <laughs> That's kind of bad news. <laughs> you, you don't do that to a kid that, you know, and, um, and that's where my first love of IPAs came from. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, started talking about how much I love your food. Mm-hmm. Um, and food is such a meaningful part of Filipino culture. But yes. for some reason, getting into food and cooking as a career is considered non-traditional in our community. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I experienced it myself. You know, mm. uh, my mom is one of my biggest supporters in my career. I'm not going to like, she's, mm. she's helped me through school. She's, um, you know, she, she sacrificed so much just so that I can, can do this for a living. Now, mm-hmm. with that said, <laughs> she's still the first one to this day. You know, even after, you know, my successes and still having a, you know, a decent jobs every, uh, every now and then. She'll still say, hey, still not too late to go back to school. I'm like, back to school for what? Oh, you, you can be a nurse. <laughs> oh, dude, I've heard that song I, so many times. I'm good where I'm at. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, I, I feel really funky around needles. So I'm good, mom. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Uh, but, you know, I can still, I can still honestly say that she supports everything and she's proud of what I've done. I know, I know she's, I, I know she is. Yeah. But she still has that, the inkling in her mind saying that there's a will, there's a way. 
you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I do experience that, yeah. So, it seems like you've had some unique experiences, mm-hmm. um, especially as like a young person in the kitchen, um, as an executive chef at 21, and also knowing that there aren't very many Filipinos doing this as a traditional career path. Um, how did you find yourself as an executive chef at 21? Like, what were the circumstances that gave you that opportunity? Blind luck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's no technical, there's no, there's no story behind it whatsoever. um, Except I got lucky. It was in the right place at the right time. You know, there's, I, I, looking back at myself then, what would I have deemed myself worthy of that position? No, not at all. Right. So, yeah, it was that didn't prepare me for anything except doing doing the work and being thrown into the fire, which then that started my progression as a as a chef. Um, mm. You know, because sometimes someone needs to take a step back to then move forward more, you know, and right. and and I kind of had to do that with uh or after working at this gastro pub as an executive chef, I went back as a line cook. Humbled myself, said, "You know, I got to start at the back of the back of the line and work my way up again." And I did. But that that experience, man, that experience, that 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 uh, oh, uh that was tough. But but it, it made me who I am today because I don't take it too seriously. You know, I'm not going to walk around with my mm-hmm. chef coat and say, hey, call me chef. Not that guy. <laughs> call me Matt. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. I'm the guy that's singing in the kitchen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that it was a basically one of the best learning lessons for you since you're saying that it's uh, mm-hmm. made you who you are today, especially as a chef. What were some of the learning lessons that you took from that experience from that particular, uh, you know, I'm was just young. So what I took out of it was just because I'm the top dog in the kitchen doesn't mean that I'm, I I've made it. I'm finished there. You're, you know, you know, it all, you know, and <clears throat> it was very, it was a very humbling experience, you know, and, 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 you know, going w- with, with having to, run a restaurant and delegate and tell older men and women that what to do. And they're looking at me like I'm just a little kid that doesn't know anything, you know, and that's, that was, that's tough. Mm -hmm. And I actually Mm -hmm. continue, continue to have to do that. Um, uh, throughout my career, even to this day, like I still have to, uh, I'm put in certain positions where I have to lead a team that maybe one person has actually more experience than I, I do. How do I, how do I battle with those personalities? That's, that's tough. I mean, it's all psychological that, Mm -hmm. that there's no courses in culinary school. I'll tell you that, you know, to, to, to handle personalities and and different people. Mm. I think a lot of us have not been in a kitchen, right? right? So what kind of, duties are you responsible for as an executive chef that 
um, were hard back then that you had to learn about now. So it's dealing with different personalities. Mm -hmm. So does that mean like, um, do you have to delegate all tasks to everyone in the entire restaurant staff? Like what, yeah, what does that mean? And like, does it mean like also having to take care of like what the menu is, et cetera? Uh, all, all that you said, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> like, like, there's yeah. a couple of things that you, for, 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 you you didn't mention was like plumbing and <laughs> um, okay, th- yeah, maintenance, plumbing. you know, repairs and this and that. You know, there's there's a lot that comes with being the chef. Oh, um, and it, you you we get into this we get into this line of work f- to to cook because we love it. And mm-hmm. at a point, there's a point where you can get out of everyone that's in the industry to say they have a certain relation to food, whether it be a server, dishwasher, uh, line cook, who have you. Um, mm-hmm. the, the idea be, of becoming a chef is to make sure that all of those certain aspects work in a harmonious way. So, mm-hmm. um, I may not be able to cook as good as, um, my, my, my person that's cooking on the, the grill today, mm-hmm. you know, but I can guide him in, in, in a way where he succeeds. Right. So, and that, that's, that's where being the, the head chef or being the executive chef or what have you head in the kitchen has to do is inspire. You know, and, mm. and, and, and make sure that everyone is working together and working for the common goal and then succeeding. And, and, and it has a lot less to do with cooking, more so dealing with all of these different people and different personalities and making sure. I mean, unless you're the only person in the kitchen, which that's been been the case for for myself then it's just cook 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 but yeah i mean it's it, it's it's like being a be a conductor of an orchestra wow yeah. that's that's interesting because we don't see any of that as patrons right we don't see the hustle and bustle um and all the all the potential drama that can happen behind the scenes as a Filipino American behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? What have there been any specific challenges that you might have faced um, in the industry being Filipino? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, there's 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 plenty, plenty to name. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm working, growing up and working in in, in kitchens. I'm usually one of the only uh, Asians actually in in the kitchen you know I'm uh, I've at once been surrounded by uh, you know all Latino men you know you have El Salvadorian Mm -hmm. men you have and and, uh, Guatemalan men and you also you know Mexican and notice I said men it's like there's just it's just mm. it was a masculine um industry that meant to beat you down 
And if you couldn't handle the beat down, you're out. You know, I, mm. that was, I, I was at that impasse where, where, you know, it, it, it was a real rough place to be in the kitchen. And it was just like, you know, what people say is this locker room talk. Oh, the kitchen's worse. <laughs> the kitchen was, was real bad. You know, it's, and, and it's, and I say that now looking back at it and no culture has changed really dramatically, you know, and then, and I like to say that, um, where I've always been the, or not always, but I've been put in positions to, to lead a kitchen, lead a restaurant. Right. So a lot of it starts with me. Lots that, I mean, that's where this culture starts top down. Um, and everyone has to buy in. So, you know, at, at this previous place in, in, in Santa Monica, I was working, there was a, there was a shift to where it was all these, it was just masculine energy that, that you would experience. Oh, he's the only Asian. Oh, he's Chino in the kitchen. You know, he's the, he's the Chino guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we reversed that, you know, we, we've actually made, made progress and and discussed with people like this is this is not how you should treat people you shouldn't call someone out you know based on what they look like or that's not right mm-hmm. i mean i get made fun of like oh matt's only going to be ever be the uh, executive chef of a yoshinoya oh that hurt that one hurt <laughs> You know, I, I, I've gotten it. I've gotten it before you be being real with you. It's, it's, it was been, it's been tough, but now in it, where even where I work currently or, and, and the restaurants that I've left my imprint on as an executive chef, that culture is, that culture is long gone. You know, I, I, you know, I kind of, I, I don't, I don't tolerate it. It's cooked good food, you know. Being Filipino, right? You you co- you uh, mm-hmm. um, the party is surrounded is is surrounded around the food, right? So you you're always mm-hmm. you, your food is providing, you know. You're 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 always in line to get one plate, two plate, three plate, and then the the fourth mm-hmm. plate is to wrapped in foil and going home right so and, and it, it so it starts with hospitality so should be hospitable to people you're serving the people that you're working with and that's how it should be it sounds like there were a lot of hard moments for you were there any positive like memories from your experiences um yeah. over the years like what were some of the happy oh, moments I've, I've experienced a lot like you know these uh these cooks that I've worked with in the past have, they, they're almost like family now. You know what I mean? So people that I've worked with in the past, um, um, you know, the, I've had, I, I, I can, I have a friend, um, you know, he's, he's from Oaxaca in, in Mexico and he's now more than, more like a bro, bro to me. You know, I, 
he was my executive sous chef at one point and it's turned more into a friendship. So that's the, the, the relationships that I made is, is what I cherish because I mean, that's, that's kind of who I'm built to be is like cook food, make people happy and then bring them in as your, as your own kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a bunch of aunties and uncles that aren't really family, but they're family kind of deal. You know, that's yeah. kind of what, 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 what I'm happy about, you know, also, you know, I, I've done some really cool stuff in the past. I mean, cooking, cooking for so many people that I don't want to name, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's been fun. I, cooking has been, t- has t- been taking me on a journey and I, and I, and I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to hear more from Matt in just a little bit. So sit tight. We're going to go on a little break, but we'll be back with Matt Clores. All right, we're back. We're back, we're back with Matt Clores, chef and executive hottie. <laughs> that means so much. Trying to flip the mood there. That means so much. Oh, my God. Thank you. I needed that one. All right, so. <laughs> okay, tell me more. So, Matt, we talked about. Okay. Y'all, Matt has a cute-ass hat with a cute-ass you know? beard with a cute-ass smile. That is a cute-ass hat. <laughs> um anyway so we talked about happy memories some sad memories kind of your journey as far as like support and meeting people building relationships and so forth considering all of what we talked about imagine that you're talking to a young filipino person who's considering getting into the field of um the culinary arts or like restaurant touring what do you do you feel like are some important tips that you would like to share to a uh, person? Man, like work that? hard. Um, <clears throat> like don't don't stop because it doesn't get any easier, right? Mm. School is hard, works hard. Your feet hurt, your back hurt, all of that. But shit, make someone's day, right? And like it's so easy to do that with. I say that I say that lightly, but it's so easy to make someone's day by just giving them something to eat, right? So just remember that. Remember that one at the end of the day. Oh, what a nice why to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. For a lot of young Filipinos, getting into the food business, the food industry, it's something that's not. Like the center of conversation when when speaking about career paths, what do you feel like are some misconceptions that people need to be aware of before they like step in? Uh, well, you, you, you got to remember that it's not gonna it's not gonna come easy, right? Like like I said before, you just work hard. Um, you know, it, it and school doesn't do it for you. Like mm. going to school, going to culinary school doesn't give you the keys to the castle just merely opens the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, you got to continue to work hard and work hard and work hard, you know? And I, I've, I've had my experience of, uh, of trying my own thing and, and working with big corporations and working, um, catering to restaurants. And I've tried, I, I've tried a little bit in the industry, you know? Um, and, 
And the one thing that's common between all of that is it's, you know, you will be recognized for the work that you put in. Just put in the work. Mm. Right. Be, be harder, be hard, harder working than that guy next to you. But at the same time, treat that guy next to you like your, like your family. You know, there's, there's, there's a balance to everything that you do. There's a balance to cooking and making sure that there's sweetness, there's saltiness, there's umami, this and that. There's also a balance of, of I'm going to, I'm going to get further than you, but I like you. You're Mm -hmm. a cool guy. (laughs) You know. There's a want in the in, in in the community to to want to provide good food and, and hospitality, and I I know there is. There's um and, and I could be a contributor to it too. Like there's I don't know how to say it, but Filipino food to young kids now or to young Filipino Americans, you know, it it it's they're starting to make an impact. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want to say, you know, it is tough. Filipino food is hard to market. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Because mm. then you're only, you're, it, the one thing that a negative that I see is like, there's, it's only, we're only marketing to our, to our own. Mm. Right. And it, it, it's, it's hard. It's like, do we want to be put in a, in a stigma where, all we do, all we, if I mention Filipino food, you're going to be like Adobo Olympia mm-hmm. and Pancit. Adobo right? Olympia and Pancit. The staples, <laughs> the basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what kind of adobo, you know? Mm. What region, right? Mm. Because Filipino is, well, my mom's adobo is not the same as your mom's adobo, right, Dustin? Or your mom's adobo crystal, it's not yeah. the same. I had, I had a friend that puts... His dad put cinnamon in his. Ooh. Oh, what? That's interesting. I don't Did know. Did it taste good? Yeah, yeah, it tasted good. It wasn't my mom's adobo. <laughs> see, that's the, see, that's the, pro- that's the problem. I'm the, I'm the contributor to the problem. Is we, it is like, you can go to a Filipino restaurant, you eat something like, oh, it's good. But my mom makes it better. You know, like, that's, that's the, that's, that's what I'm doing wrong. And I think that like, there's not enough of a general consensus of what Filipino food is to people mm. because our food, you know what I mean? But that can change. That can seriously change, you know, with all, with the young generation because we, we, it, it's really hard to market w- what we got, you know, but if we keep, honestly, if we keep the history of it going, because mm. my, my son loved Inuguan. Ooh, he loves it. <laughs> you know um so so we continue cooking for you know i didn't have to learn my mom's cooking like or i didn't have to learn filipino food but i did and i under, under understand the importance of learning that and it's to just continue it on and if we if we transfer that into the energy of, of, of opening up more restaurants and bringing it out to the world, I think we, we're, we're in a good spot. It's going to take a few years, but we're in a, we'll be in a good spot. So Filipino food could be successful. It can. Yeah. 
It was up to making sure that the, the you know, the younger generation understands the, the history of it. Mm. I agree. You know? Again, no history, no self. Just got to keep on cooking it. It'll get there. How, how many years did it take someone to, someone in, uh, you know, in, in LA to love kimchi? <laughs> Guarantee in the 80s they didn't yeah, like kimchi. Man. It is in every supermarket now, I feel. Oh, yeah. It's a staple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me a long time to appreciate kimchi. So, I can understand, like, the, like a comparable journey for, like, Filipino food. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good um, example. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. Uh, do, do we want... But do we want to be the people... Um, uh, do we want to be the people known for uh, lumpia? I don't think so. It's not our, you know, I kind of want to be, I I don't know, as a Filipino, as a Filipino American, I just, I think the history of it is, is just, is, is more important than anything, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, it'll come, I think soon, soon, you heard it here, folks (laughs) soon, soon. Well, I wish we could talk about um, this for like a whole nother episode. So maybe we can actually schedule another one. Mm. Yeah, just talking about <laughs> because that. that's we're getting into some really good stuff. Uh, but we are almost out of time. So um, for now, Matt, if there's anybody listening that wants to know more about you or they want to follow you, um, do you want to share maybe your socials? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, could, I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, Matt Clores on Instagram. How do you? How do people say? How do the young people say <laughs> their their handles now? <laughs> I, I I think. Well, I don't know. I'm not a young person these days. <laughs> <laughs> you look young to me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I it's appreciate just, it's that. just this whole episode of me and Dustin flirting with each other. <laughs> oh, you know. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, um, no, you can, you know, find me on Instagram, Matt, Matt Clores. Um, you know, you could, I do a little bit of private, uh, private work here and there. Um, do have a day job, but I, I do do catering on the side. So if, you know, you want to, I don't know how to, I, you want to, you want to, you want a free sample? Uh, how, how does it work? I'm, I'm, I'm horrible, horrible, horrible marketer of myself. So, but, but yeah, you just find me on Matt Clores or Matt Clores at Instagram.com hat, hat, dot net <laughs> zero at AOL <laughs> messenger. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you want to help Matt to hire him as a uh, caterer, or if you want to just slide into those DMs. Yeah, just slide into those it's DMs. At Matt Clores. <laughs> I've never heard you sound so old, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an old-fashioned, like, I, I call you. I'll, I'll call you just to let you know how I'm doing. You know, you know what? Kind of dude. I appreciate that about you, though. I appreciate when Matt calls me and he's just like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just so happy to hear your voice. This is this is so Aww. nice because it's like I'm not on the phone ever. And then Matt calls and I'm like, oh, I'm on the phone and I'm so happy to be on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that. Like- yeah, um, but yeah, you can just link up with me. I'll, I'll, I'll come and hang out on, on Instagram. 
Instagram.com. <laughs> Is that? What did you say? www.instagram.com <laughs> backslash slash Matt Clores backslash uh, <laughs> AOL Messenger. Wow. Dot ask Jeeves. Dot com. Ask Jeeves. Ask him. Well, <laughs> it was amazing chit chatting with you. Um, I'm excited. We're excited to share your experience with everyone, and we're grateful that you came on to share your story. I'm excited to talk more about uh, Filipino food with you on another episode. But until then, y'all, this was Matt Clores. Thank you. What a nice guy. I know. That's why he's our friend. Yes. (laughs) I, I really appreciate the fact that he was just like willing to be flirty I don't know. <laughs> for like a Dustin. straight ass for a straight ass married man he's one secure dude <laughs> yeah he's a very adorable guy oh I love Matt I yeah. love Matt what do you love about this conversation what are some takeaways? You know, it's it's pretty crazy because when I meet up with Matt and when I see Matt, we don't really talk about work too much. So hearing hmm. about his journey and like what he's done um, on a more nuanced, deeper level is is really cool. Um, and I love how he's changed the culture at his workplaces that he's been at and you know, speaking of Filipino parties, food and hospitality, like he said, is at the center. And I love that he's brought that in, that those values into mm-hmm. his work. And, you know, if if you've ever been to a, a Filipino party, you are catered to, okay? Uh, after you hear all the chitter chatter and sometimes annoying questions of like, when you're going to have a baby, when are you going to have a baby, are you going to get married? All of it, (laughs) all the judgment aside, it's just a whole bunch of like, are you okay? How can we make you feel comfortable? How can we make sure that you are enjoying yourself? And I love that he um, brings that into the culture, um, into the work culture, wherever he's at. And, you know, he's had some unpleasant experiences, but he's always come back to this, this, these values. So, yeah, I love that. I love that about what he's doing in his work. Yeah. I also think he is so brilliant. Like, he's brilliant. Like, he's, he's, literally a genius. I don't know if he's ever been measured like by these arbitrary like IQ measurements that I don't know who made up, but mm-hmm. he's a very he is very smart. Like I know this because of the example with like the music thing. Mhm. He's like is the word savant? I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly, but like he is he is one of the most brilliant people I've ever interacted with. <gasps> wow. Oh, Matt Calores. Yeah, and I think I'll, I'll I want to bring that up because when folks think about intelligence, mm-hmm. they usually go they usually like point folks towards the STEM fields, mm-hmm. yes. which are important, 
But I also want to say, like, people like Matt, who are brilliant mm-hmm. in their field, who are who know what they're doing technically yeah. and socially, because he was yes. saying really good examples about he was talking about um, like culture leading from the leading uh, from the top down, like culture mm-hmm. being something that trickles from the top down. Like that's that's a a very nuanced, emotionally intelligent thing to be aware of. Yes. Um, and to know that he has like a brain that is capable of doing like amazing things, but he's also in a field that is non-traditional and in some cases not viewed in the same respects as like STEM fields. It's it's something that we need to really think about how we yes. view people in various pr- professions because they're brilliant people everywhere. Yes. Yes. And we must give them the roses. Give them the roses. Give them the roses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love I, that. Yes. And I, I appreciate all of the mature thoughts that he's brought to the table as far as like his experiences growing up in the industry. Like he really has taken on very difficult experiences mm-hmm. um, and applied them in his current workspace to make things better for everyone. Yes. And he really is passionate about the stuff that he does. Like you can't, yes. it's it's hard to, I'll see this for myself. Like it's hard to stay passionate about work. Mm-hmm. But he like really loves the way, the, he really loves what he does. Yeah, yeah. The, the trickle down from the top down, that is so important. And I feel like, I feel like anyone who has that power, it could easily go awry and it can easily go the other way where it's like, yes, chef. Right? Yes, Chef, capital C. Yeah. But Matt has always had this special power of meeting you and seeing you and having that connection. And I think that's, I mean, down to like him just, you know, calling me, you know? Yeah. He values connection and that is a very important skill and also just a beautiful attribute to have. And yes, I love that he really does bring so much heart, so much heart into the work in all the ways. He's going to be someone that folks will remember. Yes. Matt Clores, yeah. everybody. Matt Clores, everybody. Matt Clores, everybody. Yes. Connect with him. You will not be sorry because he's great. He's he's one of those people in my circle that I cherish and appreciate all the time. And even if we don't speak for a while, when we talk, it's like like no time has passed. And those kinds of folks where that happens, that's a, I feel like that's a very special thing. And um, it's just good to know that the culinary world is getting that kind of energy, you know? Yeah. Shout outs and props to Shout Mr. Matt. Shout outs and props. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So as we close this episode, let's end with positive affirmations and or like final words. Do you have anything that you want to share with the audience? Lead with love. Ooh, goddamn. That's always a good one. Yes, absolutely. I would like to say that food 
is a wonderful source of community building. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Try it out. Share Try a meal with folks. Yes. Yeah. All right, y'all. I love you. We love you. I love you, I love you Crystal. Love you. I love you. Thank you, me searchers, for hanging out with us. It's been swell. Go get a bite. Go get a bite. Go get a bite. Go get a bite. Bye. Thanks for listening. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. If you enjoy MeSearch, make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com and follow us at MeSearchPodcast. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is MeSearch, folks. Woo!